It's trade deadline day. What is the strategy for the Braves on this day in Alex Antopoulos? Will they make a big move or will they stand pat? We'll discuss all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com, where there will be plenty of draft or trade deadline coverage on this trade deadline Tuesday that we're looking at. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at locked on underscore brave. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Make sure if you're new, you subscribe on YouTube. You're watching there, hit that thumbs up button to help support the show. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Thank you so much to all my everydayers out there who continue to let me know down in the comments section below on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode, we're going to talk a lot about the trade deadline, what the strategy should be for the Braves on this day. Will there be any more moves made by the Braves? We'll discuss all the other moves going down around baseball. But first, we're going to recap. Monday's game, a four to one loss to the Los Angeles Angels. And really, I just think they're trying to help out Shohei Otani in the Angels here. I know, look, I'm a Braves fan. I want the Braves to win every game. I want them to play the best they can every single game. And it's frustrating for me when they don't, but I know it's also not possible for that to happen. But as a baseball fan, I really, really want to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, hopefully, when he gets healthy in the postseason so if the Braves can help them a little bit with the, the lead that the Braves have right now then uh, I'm all for it but honestly I do want to see the Braves win these games come back and play some good baseball but that was not the case on Monday night as they lost four to one Otani did reach base four times speaking of which I think it just speaks to the fact of how great Alex Anthopoulos and this Braves team is you look at the Angels they've had Mike Trout for all these years now they've had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani for several years now, and they have not made the postseason with those two. I think they've had one postseason with Mike Trout, which was, I think, a three-game series. So it's just, again, you look at this Braves team, and they're filled with stars, and they're filled with talent that's locked up for years to come, and they're constantly making the postseason. You look at the Angels, and they got some superstars, Hall of Famers, best players we've ever seen before and Trout and Otani and they struggle to make the postseason because they can't build a team around them and again I think this when you look at the Angels team and the squad and what they have I think it points to the fact of how great of a job this Braves front office has done of drafting trading for developing young talent bringing them up at the same time locking them up and building an entire roster you talk about the Braves not going out there and you know spending big money and spending you know going way over the luxury tax and doing all this they've been able to piece it together and get an entire team of young stars and it's just truly incredible what the Braves have done it's not easy 
And you can see that from the Angels, who've had, again, two of the best players this game has ever seen, and they struggle to make the postseason. But as a fan of baseball, I do hope that Shohei Otani and the Angels get in there this year because that would be a lot of fun. Now, going back to Monday night on the Braves side of things, Charlie Morton on the mound, a quality start. And I want to begin there because six innings, three earned, that is a quality start. It's not a great start. It's not a bad start. But it's a quality start. And with this offense, that's generally going to give the team a chance to win. And he did give the team a chance to win with this start. Still seems like there's some frustration in there from Charlie Morton and from fans as well. Because it's just a really battle. It's a battle for him. It feels like every time out, nothing seems to be coming easy. We talked about this a lot on the postcast last night as well. He is 39. And I think expectations have to be lowered for him. A little bit. And what I said there, I think reigns true from the fan perspective. And a lot of what I do here, you know, I try to give you some some good unbiased analysis. I try to give you uh, the truth and, and come at you straight. But I do also have, you know, fan perspective in this. And I think from the fan perspective, we look at that $20 million price tag, the you know highest paid pitcher that the Braves have. And we think he should be more. He should be pitching to that price tag. And that's 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 unfair to Charlie Morton, who's 39, still pitching really well, but he's not that top of the rotation guy anymore. He's, I think, at best a third starter. Uh, I think there's games where he can pitch better than that, and we've seen that. And I think there are times where he slips up and he pitches like more of a fourth or fifth starter. But I think ultimately he is, and I've been saying this for a while now, I think when healthy, I think he is your third starter. And the reason I still put him there is because of the dominant stuff that he had. I mean, almost a 50% whiff rate last night, 12 swings and misses on 16 swings against that curveball. When that curveball is on and he's facing a team that chases out of the zone, as the Angels do, he's going to have a pretty good night. I mean, eight strikeouts on the evening so he still has that dominant stuff that curveball is elite it all comes down to the fastball control the fastball command and that's what he got beat with on monday night three home runs he allowed he only allowed three runs he had a lot of traffic in this one but the only runs he allowed came on three solo home runs fortunately they were all solo home runs because he had a lot of base runners on the night and all of them were fastballs middle up the last two were at 94 miles per hour when the velocity had maybe ticked down a little bit but Again, had a lot of traffic even after the home run in the first inning. He hit Otani. He walks two batters. He loads the bases, but able to get out of it. A double in the walk in the second inning, but he strands both of them. Um, you know, you had a couple of two-out singles in the fourth inning, but he was able to strand them as well. So, again, it's a battle for Charlie Morton right now. He's not a top-of-the-rotation arm, but he is a quality starting pitcher, and I think he's a really good number three starter on a lot of teams. So, I think we have to lower our expectations a little bit. Again, I think as fans, that price tag kind of makes it. I made this argument with Drew Smiley back in the day as well. He was a solid fifth starter, but the Braves were paying him like he was a middle of the rotation starter. I think they were paying him $12 million. And I re- And I said this then. I think in the, the fans' eyes, if they were paying him $5 million, which is probably what he should have been getting paid, and he's making those kind of starts, I think you are absolutely okay with Drew Smiley and the performance he was giving. The fact that, or the problem was the Braves paid him 
12 million like he was going to be a mid-rotation starter and that's not the case but if you you know take away the price tag and just look at what charlie morton is giving you i think you understand that he is a quality third middle of the rotation type starter in a good braves rotation so wanted to make that point on charlie morton let me know if you agree disagree in the comment section below but where did the offense go on Monday? After such a big weekend, they only managed four hits against the Angels pitching staff. You had a late change to the starting pitcher as Chase Silseth ended up pitching instead of Griffin Canning. You know, what does that do to the Braves strategy? We know how well they do, you know, preparing for a pitcher and going into the game, scoring in the first inning. Uh, I don't know if that changed up their their strategy or whatever, kind of threw them off a little bit. Either way, couldn't get anything going. weren't able to adjust to him. Angels got him out of there after fifth after five innings, where it looked like maybe the Braves were starting to have some better at bats against him. Only one base runner through the first four innings, and that runner was erased on a double play. So they went in order through the first four innings. Only real threat came in the sixth inning. Like I said, after Silsas was out of the game, where Travis Darno uh, left the bases loaded with two outs. You had Acuna get on with a walk. You had Riley with a, a two-out double, then they auto, they intentionally walked Matt Olson, just showing the respect they have for him right now. And then Travis Darno wasn't able to come through, had a ground out there. Speaking of Matt Olson, he had the first two hits of the game. He also walked twice in this one. I mentioned the intentional walk. He got the Otani treatment in that scenario. He is on fire right now. And we talked about it a lot yesterday, so I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I think he's a top-five MVP candidate right now in the national league with what he's doing and it just feels like when he's up there right now he's going to absolutely crush something if you leave something up over the plate you don't you, you miss in location it just seems like he's going to crush it even if you do hit your location the other day there was a fastball in the inner half he was able to pull his hands in for a home run so it just seems like he's absolutely locked in somebody not locked in we talked about this yesterday as well is sean murphy he gets another day off and you wonder what the struggles of Sean Murphy here recently, if Snickers is going to go kind of back to an every other day formula right now. Uh, he kind of did that earlier in the year, and then um, uh, Travis Darno got hurt, and then Sean Murphy uh, got hurt as well. So interesting to see how Snickers is going to play that. I think Murphy's, you know, I, I know Murphy's going to be fine, but we'll see if he keeps doing the every other day thing that he's done with the past four days now. The problem is Travis Darno isn't exactly hot at the moment either. He's batting just 188 in July. So that catching tandem that the Braves have, which is so good, both of them have kind of cooled off here lately. AJ Minter return, which is great. Braves need him. They need him to be a dominant reliever and dominant force in that bullpen. He did give up a hit at Otani on a really good cutter away, but he gets a double play to erase him and then strikes out Mickey Moniak for a scoreless inning on 17 pitches. So good first appearance for him back out. Pierce Johnson strikes out the side, strands the runner at third base. And then Daisbel Hernandez, I had high hopes for him. He has good stuff, but he might not be it. I was hoping he could kind of turn into one of those big guys in the back of the bullpen, but a couple of rough outings here for him. Gave up a run on Monday night to kind of pad the Angels' lead there. Um, did get a big strikeout to end the inning and prevent further damage, but don't know that he's going to be the answer going forward. All right, next, going to move into our trade deadline discussion. What is the strategy for Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves on a deadline day? We'll discuss all of that here next.
Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and it's not when you use the GameTime app, which is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have great deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you're going to have, just like I did this year. The couple of Braves games that I've gone to, I've used the GameTime app. It's such an easy experience. They have flash sales that they have going on throughout the day that you can really get some great deals on as well. That game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. You can find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You get images of your seat before you buy. I never buy tickets anymore without seeing what the view looks like from my seat. So I'm so thankful they have that ability in their app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your purchase. You know you're buying tickets to an event, so why don't you get $20 off by downloading the Game Time app and using our code Locked On MLB? Term supply, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Braves will take on the Angels again on Tuesday night at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. We'll see if they can even up the series, and we'll see what happens after the trade deadline. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. Now, I'm going to give a trade deadline preview strategy right now. Obviously, when you're listening to this, depending on when that is, the Braves may have made some moves. The trade deadline may be over, but I did want to at least give something here to prep you for the trade deadline day because there's been a lot of activity uh, on trade deadline day from the Braves' perspective in recent years, so I'm hoping we see that again. Does Alex Anthopoulos make a move at the buzzer? Like I mentioned, the last couple of years, last year in particular, you saw uh, several moves by the Braves at the last minute, and I think we'll probably see that again. Um Probably nothing big. I, I can't imagine anything big gets done at the last minute because Alex isn't somebody that I think gets pressured in anything kind of last minute. Again, this is just my outsider perspective here of what I, the way I think that Alex Anthopoulos works. Obviously, I have no idea. I have no talks with him or connection to him, but it just seems like he is somebody that obviously is doing his due diligence. He's checking on every possible scenario out there. And it just seems like at this point, he knows what the asking price is. Those teams know what Alex Anthopoulos is willing to give up for that player. And it seems like Alex, you know, he draws that line in the sand. We know that. We know he does that when his, in his free agent, you know, contract negotiations. He draws that line in the sand. Other teams know where that line is drawn. And I just really feel like Alex says, you know, go out there. If you find a better deal, make it. If not, come back to me in the end, and we'll see if we can get something done. That's just what it seems like because there have been so many last-minute deals with Alex Anthopoulos these last couple of years where it just seems like other teams, you know, either couldn't find another taker for another on another team or they just couldn't find a better deal than what the Braves were willing to give. And so they come back to Alex and say, you know, let's do it. We got a deal. Let's get it done. So I do think there'll be some moves made at the last minute. Um, I don't think we'll hear anything big. And I don't, like I said, I doubt there'll be much in the morning on the Braves perspective, but I would not be surprised if there are a couple of deals done at the last minute for, you know, conversations Alex already has had. Teams know what he's willing to give, and it's just can they find something better out there? And if not, do they come back to Alex for that trade offer? What are the what are the needs for the Braves? 
Alexandopoulos never is afraid to upgrade a position that's already good. I think that includes left field, a position that's you know not terrible, but certainly is one place they could be upgraded. There's really nowhere else on the roster that I could see them upgrading. Catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, center field, right field. I, I don't think you're going to be upgrading any of those positions. So position player-wise, it really would just be left field. You could probably make a move or two for the bench. You already made the move for Nicky Lopez to upgrade your infield depth. I still think you could upgrade even that. If you want to get somebody who's still really good at defense but maybe a little bit better bat than Nicky Lopez could offer. Um, Sam Hilliard's out on a rehab assignment. I did want to at least mention that, but do you go out and find a better you know, outfield bench bat? I think there's certainly an opportunity for that there. I still think the biggest needs are a depth starter. For my mind, it doesn't have to be a top of the rotation or even middle of the rotation. It doesn't have to be a, a Justin Verlander. But I wouldn't mind seeing them get a depth starter, another back of the rotation arm just to help with some of these, these innings uh, and maybe give some of these guys a little bit of a break to manage some of their innings a little bit. So I think a depth starter, and I still would like to see one more dominant bullpen arm. Now, maybe that's not available anymore. A lot of the good ones have already been taken, but that, that would be my wish list at the deadline. Get another depth starter, you know, fourth or fifth starter pretty cheap, and get a dominant reliever. If you do those two things at the deadline, then I would be pretty happy. So I think those are the needs. Cost seems to be really high right now, especially if you're trading for somebody who has control. You're pretty much having to give up a top 100 prospect. And the Braves just don't have many of those. They have one of those in A.J. smith Shaver. So you're looking at any deal right now that you're going to make for somebody who has control you're talking about giving up either A.J. smith Shaver or I think Vaughn Grissom would still be good enough to get somebody who has control. But the cost right now that I'm seeing for those types of players is really high, even for some of these rentals. I, I think the packages that have been given up are pretty solid as well. The, remember, one thing you need to remember in this is the Braves could do nothing and, and they would be absolutely fine. I truly, truly believe that. I think the Braves roster is that good that they could do Nothing at this deadline, and they could still be good. So, again, I think they will do something. I think they should do something, but I think they very well could do nothing, and it would be perfectly fine. This roster is good enough to win a World Series, especially if you consider Max Reed coming back, you know, A.J. Minter back right now, hopefully getting Dylan Lee back, maybe Jesse Chavez as well, Kyle Wright at some point. I mean, a lot of that's an if. Or, or ifs, and a lot of that is putting pressure on Max Reed and A.J. Minter to be those dominant type of arms, Spencer Strider, you know, Charlie Morton kind of turning things around, Rysel Iglesias, and you're hoping that Joe Jimenez, you know, in the resurgence that he's had here lately is for real. You get five, six, seven really good arms that you trust, three in the rotation, you know, three or four in the bullpen, and you can win a World Series with that. We know the offense in the lineup is good enough, so – Again, while I hope he makes some moves, and I'd like to see him at least make some depth moves to improve the depth on this team because you can't predict injuries and when guys may go down, I still think they could do absolutely nothing and they could still win a World Series with this team. So that's something to keep in mind. want to go over some of the recent trades. Jace Peterson, old brave uh, legend, went to the Diamondbacks for Chad Patrick. Aaron Savali, big move, went to the Rays for Kyle Manzardo. And that's the deal I'm talking about. The Rays get... 
Aaron Savali, a really good starting pitcher with control. They give up Kyle Manzardo, one of the best prospect bats in all of baseball, somebody who's major league ready. That's the price right now. If you want to get somebody of that caliber of an Aaron Savali. And so the Rays do that, pay that price, and they get a really good pitcher from the Guardians. Reds get reliever Sam Maul from the A's for Joe Boyle. Giants got A.J. Pollock and Mark Mathias from the Mariners for a player to be named later or cash. Cubs got Yammer Candelario from the Nats for Kevin Maid and DJ Hers. I don't know some of these prospects now. Brewers got Mark Canna from the Mets for Justin Jarvis. I think he was ranked their number 30 prospect in the Brewers system. And the Diamondbacks, in a big move, got Paul Sewald from the M's for Josh Rojas, Dominic Canzone, and Ryan Bliss. Diamondbacks are another team. If they wanted some pitching, they have a pretty, pretty good list of outfielders. Dominic Fletcher's one that I'm thinking of. If the Braves wanted to make a trade with the Diamondbacks, they have a lot of really good outfielders in depth there. Braves could send them a, a starting pitcher, you know, maybe a Jared Schuster, Darius Fines, Dylan Dodd, of somebody of that nature, and get somebody like a Dominic Fletcher that would give you somebody an outfitter with a lot of control, somebody who's knocking on the door, somebody who's had big league experience this year and has done pretty well. Again, just if the Braves were looking to upgrade outfield, I think that you know could be another scenario there. I talked about the Orioles and Cardinals already with their depth in the outfield. Could also be possible matches there. Players to look for on trade deadline day. Verlander's the biggest name still out there from the Mets. I think there's a lot of – I think it would be hard to move Justin Verlander. as a full no trade clause. It sounded like the only team he really would be willing to go to would be the Astros, but we'll see if a deal gets done for Justin Verlander. A lot of money there. I kind of almost hope it doesn't happen because I don't want the Mets to have to get out under that money. Not that really money, money matters to them, but uh, we'll see what that happens or see what happens with that and if Verlander gets moved. White Sox, I think they're pretty much done at this point unless they move Kenyon Middleton uh, and, or unless they make uh, Cease or Robert available, which I don't think they will. Cardinals still have Jack Flaherty to move, a name to watch. I'm not sure what San Diego is doing. Is Josh Hader going to be available? Would they listen to offers on him? I think they're five games out in the wild card. So those are some of the bigger names to watch, some of the teams to watch. But there's a lot of contenders right now, so it's really difficult to look at who could be possibly moving at the moment but uh should be a fun trade deadline day hopefully we'll see a couple of surprises like i said when you're listening to this may have been some moves already happened i'm checking twitter right now just to make sure there's not anything out there and i don't see anything um, but should be a, a good day if something big does break i'll come through with a, a kind of a bonus episode maybe a little short episode as well me and grant will probably cover it on the postcast tonight after the game as well so make sure you are subscribed Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube as well, where you get that postcast with me and Grant McCauley. But next, I will set you up for that game, too, where Spencer Strider takes the mound, looking to get his fifth straight double-digit strikeout performance. We'll discuss that next. While it was a rough one for the Braves in game one, and I, I jokingly said they were helping out Angels and o, get, get Otani to the postseason, I am looking forward to them coming back on Tuesday night and playing a little bit better baseball, hopefully on the offensive side, and hopefully Spencer Strider having a dominating start. Four straight starts now with double-digit strikeouts, but it's just still, again, it feels like he's just missing something in those starts. The last two games, it's been the seventh inning. He's been absolutely cruising along, and then he's run into some trouble in the seventh inning. 
you know, avoid the big inning for Spencer Strider, avoid the home run ball, something that's really plagued him this year. Hopefully gets another chance to go through the seventh inning because that means he is throwing a really good game. And like I said, hopefully he continues that double-digit strikeout performance. If Morton got eight on Monday, I think Strider can definitely get double digits again. Would love to see that. And hopefully see the offense get after Patrick Sandoval. Really good pitcher coming into the year, but I think he's kind of taking a step back this season. A 4-1-3 ERA, a 1.41 whip. 253 average against 3.77 walk per nine, 7.44 K per nine. That's way down this year. He's typically been a strikeout and inning type of pitcher. Just four earned runs combined in his last uh, three starts, though, but nine walks. So really struggling with command. Somebody that doesn't usually go deep into games, and that Angels bullpen has been somewhat taxed. They were able to save Estevez on Monday, but that bullpen has been used here lately as they've been winning a lot of games, which is Great for the Angels, but they've had to use a lot of their good bullpen arms. Really good changeup from Patrick Sandoval. It's actually the one pitch that's given Acuna issues this year, but hopefully Acuna can get back going after a hitless game on Monday. Like I said, hopefully this offense gets rolling again. Strider puts up another dominant performance. Braves get back in the win column, and hopefully we see some good trades made to help boost this team on Tuesday as well. Like I said, I'll be covering all that here on Locked On Braves. Again, it'll be the Braves and the Angels on Tuesday night at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Spencer Strider looking for his fifth straight double-digit performance. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 